panic be completely. Still. <laughs> be still. Don't sit on the wires. Yep. We are recording now. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Turn of the Screw podcast. Yeah. This is officially episode one. Um, thanks everyone for listening in on this. Uh, and we think we just want to retouch on maybe where we started or left off on the well, pilot. Or not where we left off, but a bit of a recap. Yeah. Well, for one, you're uh, you're Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, I'm Caitlin. I'm Martha. And you're Martha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And uh, yeah, you might hear my dog Fido in the background. I think he just sneezed. That is real life. We are now recording in my apartment, studio number two. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the cats in Los Gatos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, before we jump into that, we wanted to kind of touch in or touch on um, some some fun things about the podcast. Uh, we have a Google Voice account set up for anyone that wants to contact us, um, call in with stories, call in with uh, comments. Or anything, really. Nice comments. Nice comments. I mean, that would be kind of weird to get some, like, Yeah, I'm not looking for... It's a little risky, what we're doing here, but we're we're looking for... We're willing to take that risk if we can get some cool stories. Yes. um, Especially about the areas we're talking about, Mm -hmm. or if you have any ideas about where we should go. Because the first season, the plan, the larger plan is that we're going to focus on Northern California for this season one yeah and all the cool spooky stuff kind of the santa cruz mountains area at first mm-hmm. so if you know of any spooky stories yeah weird people bigfoots yeah. oh yeah um big feet might be <laughs> bigfoots i don't know might be it kind is. of bigfoots big feets that might be kind of hard i feel like that's a whole world a whole it sub-world. Is. well you know the museum the bigfoot museum is in the santa cruz mountains no and it's just apparently it's just this guy's house oh who does all the research and when you go he just gets he just comes downstairs and shows you his like, books and stuff just knock on the, kind of. the bell yeah okay. i almost got my brother to go with me but he's like i don't know I yeah don't know if i'm into that and i don't know speaking of interesting residents of santa cruz yeah. uh martha and i definitely want to do an episode on i guess the like almost like our version of creepypasta or something where we can just, we, we want to actually go on the field and check out weird places that people that are from the area have mentioned to mm-hmm. us. Um, <laughs> kind Without of getting proceed, yeah, yeah. Proceed with caution. Obviously, if there's like no trespassing signs, keep away from those. But throughout the Santa Cruz Mountains, there's a lot of like, it, there's a myst- mysticism about it. There's mm-hmm. a mystery about it. And that's something about... The fog and the trees, it's almost like a Twin Peaks vibe. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. very Twin Peaks. Yeah. It's our version of the Pacific Northwest. I mean, technically it is the Pacific Northwest, but not the Oregon-Washington version. Mm-hmm. Um, so we plan on doing an episode maybe in like, I don't know, maybe after Monterey or something. We're figuring out the next episode. But not to jump into that, but since we are on the Google Voice uh, voicemail discussion, the number for that, if you do want to reach out... Is 669-221-1253. And um, that number is also listed on our website, which it would be nice if I had that in front of me right now. I'll bring that up at the end, <laughs> just so I don't jump We'll have it in the show end. notes. Oh, yeah. Too. We will have that in the show notes. Um, we yeah. also have an Instagram account now and a Facebook yep. page. Yep. So if you want updates, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that 
has some visual elements because we did a lot of research and gathered a lot of photos of the people we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. and the places that we're talking about. And we'll be posting those, um, the ones we're legally allowed to, yeah. on the page, on those social media pages. So find us for updates on stuff. Um, and if you you know want to link to the phone number and all of that. But we'd love to hear yeah. from you in any creepy stories, anything you've heard yes. second, third hand. <laughs> we love those. I mean, even we might even dedicate a whole episode to like a, a wrap up of, hey, this is all the user. And please uh, know that if you do leave a voicemail, I might have to include like a, a little legal script on our website where it's like we do want to potentially maybe potentially use your voice. Oh, yeah. On an episode if I can get that clever in GarageBand. Um, <laughs> and that that's a whole nother tutorial but we would like to have that and uh, if you don't want to share your voicemail just m- mention that in yeah in your we message. can always read off some transcripts read off yeah what you said. but email of course email is also totally acceptable in other forms of communication um but yeah this episode is going to have a lot of really good visuals to accompany it uh and on the website yeah so that will be that'll be great mm-hmm. yeah so aside from that the, so we, Martha and I, kind of both became a bit obsessed with the cats, and mm-hmm. she's going to lead the majority of this episode because she has done a ton of research and has a personal connection to yeah. at least part of the location. The cats is essentially broken up between two different areas, one being a roadhouse, which is now still remains a restaurant, and we can we'll go into the history of of that location but in addition to that there is an estate called the cats Mm -hmm. and part of that is poets canyon um residential structures as well as just a whole uh what would you call nature yeah there's a sprawling it's 75 acres now i think i think basically whoever owns it now owns the mountain that it's on yeah essentially so there are some trails and some kind of hidden stuff up there that we wanted to talk about yeah um yeah and some very interesting figures um, associated associated with all these places yeah so we have a we'll we'll get into that um but yeah the cats has really been the kind of mile, not milestone, has been the center place for our yeah, like touchstone. Getting to kn- the that touchstone, the that's the <laughs> <Okay>. word <laughs> of of our friendship for the most part. Yeah, like I mean, there's once there's so that, once we're done with that. this, we have nothing left to talk about. <laughs> it was <laughs> so a nice very to short podcast. You. Yeah, it was good. We had our, we had our time, but uh, I mean, it's a heavy it's a heavy subject, and it's cool that this gets to be the first full length episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've had many long nights over boxed wine on this <laughs> subject. And Martha went full head-on into the research, mm-hmm. hanging out with the um, the people of Saratoga. and I'm sorry, not Saratoga, Los Gatos. And at the library. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, like, it almost reminds me of something, like, um, from a 90s after-school, like, Goosebumps. Or, like, Are You Afraid <gasps> oh, of the oh, Dark? Oh, um, um, or, like, Harriet the Spy. Or what was her Ghost name? Ghostwriter. Ghostwriter. That show too. Like yes. Just this like, I imagined you with like. Glasses I got way too excited. <laughs> and your hair was up and like, with the little flashlight like yeah. that's jingling and following me around. Exactly. Maybe an oversized raincoat on. Yeah. <laughs> or a trench. Coat. Yeah, that's kind of how I imagined it. That's how I thought my mid thirties were gonna go, basically. <laughs> uh, An after school special. <laughs> yeah. About research. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah. But 
Um, yeah, we went old school on... Well, not even... I'm not going to take credit for it. Martha did all the research, and so I'm kind of here to ask <laughs> questions, to kind of poke around, and um, yeah, kind of just add to the conversation. But I think that's how some of our episodes are going to go. It's like somebody really leads, yeah, and then and there's times where we will break you know, break a subject into, into different parts. Cause we have different personalities and we have different <laughs> styles of talking. And so mm-hmm. that's the way that will go. We hope you enjoy. And, uh, I don't know why I'm wrapping it up at the start of the <laughs> and podcast. That's it. Goodbye guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's all teasing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we're good. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we can dive in. Yeah. So Los Gatos, I'm not going to go too much into this cause we've done no. this before. But Los Gatos is Silicon Valley, but it's in the mountains on the way to Santa Cruz. It's this rich little town on the side of the hill that is centered around Highway 17, which is the only highway that goes, that cuts through the mountains to Santa Cruz. And I'm sure everybody, you've seen Lost Boys, right? Have you seen Lost oh, Boys? Oh, yeah. I just saw that for the first time <gasps> last year. Oh, man. It's like, what have, where have I been? Where has this been my whole life? Yeah. It's and like then, the best movie in the world. <laughs> and then when she, it is. It I is. think it so actually good. is... Uh, sorry, Federico Fellini and, you know, uh, Louis Godard and whatever, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, other um, amazing film directors, Lost Boys. <laughs> You're putting him up there. In fact, the best. Um, but it, it's quintessential to Santa Cruz. Once you it's see so... that, you can't uncouple it. Because it really is. It's Santa Cruz. It's, it's, it's totally there. Santa Cruz and. Or Santa Clara. No, no, Santa. What? <laughs> Wait, no, no, I'm sorry. That's a real city. They call it Santa Carla. Oh, that's movie. right. Yeah, that's right. They name it something different. So if you picture Lost Boys, and that's basically Santa Cruz. And it does kind of have an 80s vibe still because oh, there's like yeah. the boardwalk and stuff. Everything I can go 80s. into how when Chase and I first moved out here, we didn't have a place to stay. So we we're like technically living in our car, like on the boardwalk when mm-hmm. I turned 30. It was a really great milestone in my life. But anyway, so if picture Santa Cruz. We'll go. We'll do a whole episode on Santa yes, Cruz. Yes, we will. Because... That that place has a lot of really interesting, creepy history. Mm-hmm. But to get to Santa Cruz, the only way to get there is through Los Gatos, unless you're going to go all the way down south mm-hmm. to Monterey and then back up. So that's just not how it works. So it's one highway that winds through the mountains. It's a pretty fast highway. People drive pretty crazy. Super fast. They drive way too fast. Oh, like yeah. Like 75 miles around those loops. It's insane. It makes me anxious. I feel oh, like yeah. I, yeah. It's a stressful drive. Um, I actually <laughs> have a book on it. There's a book called Highway 17 that's yeah. just the history of it. And apparently oh, wow. it averages a um, an accident a day, which totally makes sense. Oh, yeah. That's so why the traffic's bad. It's terrible. And if, um, if there's no traffic, you can get from Los Gatos to Santa Cruz in about 25 minutes, 25 See? to yeah. 30. If... There's an accident. I've had it where I've put it into Google Google Maps. Like, oh, can we make it to the beach today? It would have been faster for us to have walked, walked? Oh <laughs> than taken the car. So, and actually just yesterday, someone like went right off the side of the mountain. Oh, you mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, like just, so it's scary. And, yeah. and it used to be, oh, then I'll stop on the, mount, on, the, on the highway. It used to be that there were like, 80 deaths a year or something yeah. because they didn't have a median. No, they didn't. So I was swerving. So when I was a teenager, yeah. they didn't have a median. Oh my God. And that's I so had scary. a, I, yeah, I had a 1973 Volkswagen Carmen Ghia uh-huh. that is essentially has the same motor as a Beetle, AKA a lawnmower motor. <laughs> so I so was taking a scooter. So take a scooter up through those mountains. And my, you know, my dad would always be like, why are you, why are you driving that area in that car? Like you're going to get yeah. killed just because you're going so slow. 
So it would go maybe 40, which is the legal post speed limit of taking those curves. So it's technically... Oh, seriously? It's 40? Yes, it's 40. So people are going 70. Oh, you will get kicked off the off. mountain you if you're not going 65. Yeah. So luckily, it's, it was a vintage, beautiful car. So people respected that and they got oh. the F out of the way. Also, I used my middle finger a lot before I realized road rage is a real thing and oh. like you will get shot. Um... So you will get shot yeah. in these mountains. You may yes yes or you, may, you know people are crazy. So yeah, it was a uh, it was scarier than if you could believe it, and especially on like Saturday nights when people are drinking oh, yeah. and driving and not. The first time I had to drive it when I was going to grad school in Monterey, I had to drop. I had to rush my friend to the airport for she was going to miss a flight, and I was using her car driving her stick shift. And I can I drive drive stick, but I yeah didn't know her car yeah. Dropped her off, and I came back through the mountains. It was pouring rain, and it was the middle of the night, and I'm driving a car I don't know. And, like, I was, uh, when you're going uh, southbound mm-hmm. towards Santa Cruz, like, you're on the mountainside, so you get debris falling down, you know, yeah. like landslide stuff when it's yeah. raining. It was one of the scarier drives I've ever had. Yeah. I think I just was, like blasting lady gaga just to make it through i don't know why that was like my motivating yeah thing but anyway so that's just to paint a little bit of a picture it's this very beautiful drive though it's beautiful because you're in the redwoods and it's usually foggy Mm -hmm. again like twin peaks like we were saying just very gorgeous and so los gatos is the san jose side of that and the town is built around this highway and when you leave the town on 17 after you kind of leave the town, you, you, you're heading into these two mountains that kind of separate, and that's where the road starts. The mountain to your right is where we're focused on, because at the foot of that mountain is um, the Cats Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever driven it on your way to Santa Cruz and you look over, it's this long building on the foot of the hills with these famous cat statues, too. Yeah, white. Which you don't necessarily see driving to Santa Cruz, but I think they're more visible when you're on your way into Los Gatos yeah yeah it is because they're a little nestled into the hills but they're these two giant eight foot cats sculptures that look like almost like mountain cats yes not your domestic house cat yeah though little little logs kind of get that look every once in a while maybe a rush what is he a russian blue uh, mist he's a nibelung which is like yeah, it's... I made up the other cat. Don't... No, look. Russian blue. It's when they tried to make... Now we're going to go into cat corner, which <laughs> nobody gives a shit about. But it's when you try to... Like, someone tried to make a Russian blue with long hair. So that's oh, what wow. Logan looks like. But very mystical. Yes. Yeah. So they have this... And they were based on mountain lions. Because mm. Los Gatos... I don't know if you know. It means know. the cats. It does. It means <laughs> the cats. Such an idiot. In Spanish. In Spanish. Um, because there were a bunch of... Mountain cats. Mountain cats. It's known for that. So these two giants, painted. they're kind of Art Deco-ish. Mm-hmm. They have a stylized look mm-hmm. to them. One's eyes are open and one's eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. They're called Leo and Leona. I can't, I can't remember which one. Has the eyes open. Yeah, but local legend has it that they'll switch in the middle of the night. Of course, Santa Cruz. Or you could be high and not remember. Yeah, well, I think everybody in this yeah. area in the Santa Cruz Mountains are. But I think it's like the local teenage legend because for a long time the cats were they share they they share a parking lot and the cats restaurant used to be closed for like a decade or two and teenagers would go necking oh yeah (laughs) in the parking lot and they'd swear that like the cats oh yeah you can always trust a horny teenager right (laughs) they always make the best decisions um so anyway so that's That's a little bit yeah and then there's the gate between them 
And the name. Yes. Where it comes from. So, the legend has it. This is a story I heard about how it got its name. Obviously, it's mountain lion related. But there's this legend I heard of a haunting because one of the first um, people to live in the town was a man and his wife and their baby. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I shouldn't be laughing at this. But um, on the creek, the Los Gatos Creek, which used to be more of a river because now it's dammed up. There's a reservoir at the top of the hill. And one night the river started flooding and he, it was threatening to overtake his little campsite where he lived. What year? Sorry, what year? Was I have no. Like? This is like a legend from before it was even a town. The town. So this so would have been eighteen, mid, maybe like the eighteen. Who knows? In the in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, for sure. Very early because I think the Cats Restaurant was eighteen fifties. They think okay. is when oh, that wow. started. Yeah, so before so that. Okay. Way before that. Um, Sorry. I mean, this was like a campsite that this guy kind of lived in in the yeah. mountains. He he would have been. I think a log, one of the logging teams, or mm-hmm. he, that that was like a pro, maybe a prospector. But anyway, and again, this is a legend that he left to go try to find help for his family and got swept away by the river. And then his wife followed, being swept away, to, uh, followed to go get help because the uh, river was still coming to encroach on their camp. And the sad part of the story is when she returned with help, a mountain lion had taken her baby. Oh, into the like woods. Yeah. The baby ate my, the dingo the, the, ate my baby. The baby, or the ate, baby ate my, my dingo. dingo. <laughs> Hungry babies, you know? Man, the baby ate my dingo. <laughs> when I can't try keep to be my dingoes clever, out. I get it mixed up. <laughs> but, um, so the, there's the like mountain lion haunted my baby. <laughs> dingoes. There's haunted dingoes in the mountains. You can hear, apparently you can hear baby cries. Oh, that's. By the creek. I'm sorry, but that's when I, nope. I know oh, okay. it, and like, I run. You think that's just hilarious? You're like, oh, no. dead babies. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no, so that it. so so if you know Los Gatos, the creek kind of follows Highway 17 in town, so it's kind of along there. And now it's more of a creek, but it also there's a bridge that goes over right around that same area, where unfortunately one of the the other early legends was um, some man at a local bar got too drunk and murdered. Someone at the bar and the Jeez. whole town just kind of rose up and grabbed him and his friend and hanged them from Jeez. that bridge. So that's like wow. the main bridge in Los Gatos. There was technically... That's a... I walked that bridge. Yeah, it's very... It's cute. It's like right and downtown. I... Wow. I, next time I walk it. <laughs> yeah. It's so cute. Downtown Los Gatos... Uh, I hope that people are encouraged to Google this because there's a yeah. theater called the Los Gatos Theater that's like a two... A two... Uh, what do you call it? Cinema room... Theater, oh, the and movie it's theater, adorable. Yes. yeah, with a, a sorry, a movie, a move, motion picture theater, a motion picture, yes, um, talkies too, the talkies, mind mm-hmm. you, uh, yeah. modern times. Um, that's a great film, but not not modern times. I don't think that they've shown <laughs> that. But uh, the the theater is just so cute. I fell in love with it instantly, and then yeah. try to find an apartment. It's just too well. It's just, uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm going on a tangent, but it's so beautiful that I can't afford to live there. But I can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We got lucky. We got rent control. But I do live in Los Gatos, and as I've joked before, I single-handedly have kept the, the like the wealth index down with my income. <laughs> I mean, because I we walk around and I'm like, it's just too idyllic here. It's, it's so too perfect. beautiful. And I'm glad that we get to talk about the the city. The city underbelly. Not even the when you're talking about the movie theater. I thought you were talking about the opera house, which is oh. downtown, which is now an office building, also haunted. Yeah, I think we want to maybe dedicate a, a maybe even like a mini-sode 
or something to the there's an app a Los Gatos app oh yeah that's right the walking tour and you can do a walking tour and I'm so tempted to kind of parse out sure. the mm-hmm. different places and talk a little bit about the haunted opera house of downtown Los well there's Gatos. also a Los Gatos historic homes tour wow oh I'm down for that it's time. about 50 bucks for tickets to go My into these God. but when you see these homes they're like Queen Anne Victorian, like perfectly upkept. Every yeah. house has a, a freaking white picket fence, literally, and a, and a rose gardens that and are perfectly like kept. Ivy. I mean, it, you drive through there, and I, I love Pasadena. I love, um, you know, little neighborhoods that are like classic California mm-hmm. uh, Victorians. Even the the painted ladies yeah. in San Francisco. This takes the cake. Oh yeah, because it's in the foothills, which yep. makes it something about it is like. Wow, Steve Wozniak lives there. Yep. So let's just say, also, I mean, that's all I really need to say. Who else? There was someone else famous. Oh, um, the chick from, uh, I we saw her downtown. The chick from MythBusters, the redhead. Oh, we the walked past woman. her, mm-hmm. and Chase was like, "I she looks really familiar." And then when we got home, we got our Los Gatos magazine because they have mm. Los Gatos puts out a magazine monthly about just local news that is more well put, produced than like National Geographic. It's like glossy every. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, an app, a magazine. It's insane. I want to but she was on the cover, and we're like, oh, yeah, we just walked past her. Like, she's I wonder from if town. they offer Los Gatos magazine on texture. <laughs> Insert nice. texture yeah, Well, well done. Um, what, what else? Oh, also the guy who played Two-Face in the Batman movies. Tommy Lee Jones? No. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Now Wait, gotta... was that... No, that which was that. No, Val Kilmer? Really hoping, hoping. No, no, that was George Clooney. We like to insert Val Kilmer. Everywhere. Yeah, I was like, if we can get some Val in here, that's we, Martha and I are both obsessed in love with Val Kilmer, and um, that's something else we bond. A on. friend of the pod. We're gonna make him. Yeah, a friend we're of gonna the make pod. him. He doesn't know this who, yet, no. but he's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> what would Val Kilmer do? Is a potential future hashtag, and yeah. he is on social media. So Val, Val we, we love, love you. you. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Los Gatos, cool history, cool town, uh, sad stories. Sad, yeah, yeah. Well, there's just California's full of it. That's why we, it's full of it, and that's why we like doing this research here. There's just so many different waves of people came to the area. Yeah. So Los Gatos started as logging, and that's where Highway 17 was a railway station that went back and forth. And there's some creepy stuff about that. With there was an explosion. Um, um, a tunnel explosion back in the 1830s, I think, Mm -hmm. where a bunch of the workers working on the railway died, and apparently you can hear them in that tunnel. And I know where to find that tunnel because it's not, it's off path, off road, but the local teenagers, Ariella, told us where to find it. So that could be Friend of the show, Ariella. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of really cool stuff. So it started off, there was the, the wow. mining, and then there was logging, and then it became um, fruit orchards. Yeah. Kind of like everywhere in San Jose. And then Silicon Valley. Yeah. So actually, it's funny, I, I didn't know this even, but Cupertino, San Jose, um, of course, I associate a little bit of San Jose, but uh, Gilroy is just south. Gilroy is known for its amazing garlic, but this was a hotbed of produce. We yes. are adjacent to the Central Valley. We get a lot of nice, cool breeze coming in from Monterey and the Central Coast, and the sunshine is really, it's the one of the warmest yeah. spots. Um, so huge produce bed up until uh, the 19th 
I want to say 1950s or maybe yeah, even well, the 70s. Yeah, the first like Hewlett Packard and some of the first Silicon Valley guys bought up old orchards. Old orchards, yeah. And turned them into these tech, the tech boom that it is now where exactly. you can't get a studio apartment for under $2,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's insane. But yeah, you know, so a little bit of history on that and mm-hmm. it's, we'll talk about it more, but um, really interesting. It's just fascinating. Yeah. So within that world of Los Gatos, uh, there's this roadhouse that's always kind of been there mm-hmm. in one form or another. It's um, It's been a bunch of different places. Like, apparently it was a brothel at one point. Mm. That's up for debate. Like, it was kind of a, what, what would it be? Under the- Bordello? Bordello, yeah, but I'm just, like, illegal, but I think they were always illegal. Well, then it's like, who's setting the law? Like, yeah, it's a kind was, of a no man. It's the Wild like West. Say, under the books or under the books? Whatever. Under the table. With under the, the under, table. Off the books. Under the table prostitutions. Um, I mean, we're talking right butting up against the gold rush of uh, 1849, hence the 49ers. For uh, mm-hmm. those listeners that are maybe unfamiliar with the timeline, um, the the Bay Area was really uh, boomed with, uh, let's face it, American U.S. citizens and people from Russia and people from Ireland and people from the south of Europe coming over around, at first, coming around the 1850s because of the gold rush associated with the area. And so you're talking U.S. sheriffs and marshals coming out, but the state of California had just become a state at that point. Previously, right. it was owned by, or it was a territory of Mexico. And, and then prior to that, of course, it, the indigenous uh, tribes of North America and Spanish conquistadors came over before then. So uh, when we're talking about laws of the land, it's like, it's kind yeah. of like, you know, how the West was won with a pistol and mm-hmm. uh, defending your camp. And not to mention, I think it's forgotten a lot of times, the Chinese population, yes. the Japanese populations yeah. that came over and were were brought in to help with these railroads and kind of got the short end of that stick yeah. to a lot of... But they contributed so much to the culture and have so been much. here so early. So early. It was like railroads, laundries, uh, places to live, like what were they called? Flop houses. Like mm-hmm. places to live for an undetermined amount of time for those migrant workers being migrant workers working in mines laying railroad uh, agriculture all of that and yes there was sex work going on of course too when you have populations there there comes the vices of populations Mm -hmm. of course so um big chinese and japanese population came along with that and have always been a part yeah. of every town even Los Gatos which was a smallish town it's a small logging town had a China like an alley Chinese or a, a, yeah a Chinatown mm-hmm. technically they would even call there so there would be like a Chinese camp mm-hmm. like in Yosemite there's a China camp mm-hmm. like there, these things still exist and then a Chinatown it makes me think of uh, Deadwood every time did you ever I watch know. Deadwood? Yeah, of course God, of course. I love that show yeah yep and also we should say that John Steinbeck from oh, yeah. the area and if you read any of his books it really gives you a sense of that time that culture and, time and his the... disdain for women yes <laughs> but um he wrote grapes of wrath from los gatos when he lived there briefly yeah. oh i did not know that mm-hmm. hey yeah. he only lived in what's now is it mont serrano used mont to part... serrano yeah. yeah that's where he lived he there's a house there still but his whole i think of um east of eden when like that gives you kind of a sense of what the area yes i mean that's more the monterey bay area and we'll get into that but 
the the culture of the area and the types mm-hmm. of people really hardworking entrepreneur people that did yeah. not know if they lived to see tomorrow or if they everything was chasing that money and chasing the dream and who very hard way of life which yeah. is that's a first sure like we're not talking you wake up in the morning you have running plumbing yeah. and <laughs> you can you know go to a cafe and get food no yeah oh my god so yeah and not to mention just just back to the Highway 17 being a carriageway back and forth. So yeah. it was, it started, so the Cats was a roadhouse, meaning it was for stagecoaches that went back and forth. Yep. And logging, logging trucks. Truck. Well, I mean, what, they would be coaches. I mean, it would be horse drawn. Oh, those logging. Yeah, and they yeah. lose a lot of them. Like, God, I mean, we're talking about a little while ago, we talked about how crazy it is to drive Highway yeah, 17. And I can't imagine if that dynamite work has been done through those mountains one time with the carriageway, that's probably the still the similar highway path. Oh yeah, it's very I actually have a map of where it's deviated. Yeah. Um, but for oh, the most part, out. yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool because there wasn't the reservoir. There's a giant reservoir, um, now cause they dammed up the Creek mm-hmm. and when they dammed up that Creek and made the reservoir, it flooded completely two towns, two ghost towns. Oh my God. I heard, I've heard it's, about this. Yeah. We'll have to talk about this yeah, a little bit more. So my dad always talked about that. It's creepy because when you, um, the drought that we've been having, there's a lot of hiking trails around there and you can actually see buildings come up yeah like underneath it's pretty creepy that's we have to go and find that for sure um that can be our excursions through the santa cruz but there's also do you know the legend of the stagecoach driver that would go from los gatos to santa cruz not at all this one-eyed small man i can't can't remember the name that was the fastest person going back and forth from like could get there in three hours or something like that wow just would run this stagecoach as fast as it could go and had the least amount of like crashes or whatever and then when he died they found out it was a woman the whole time (gasps) that's kind of yeah it's like this cool legend and apparently people around here know it because i brought it up at a book club and everyone's like oh yeah there's like a kid's book about it had no well we have to find this kid's book so i think that's kind of fun um it's almost like an albert hobbs or knob whatever that great film with uh, (laughs) uh sorry with glenn close where she's Anyways, no, what? I'm gonna edit this. You out. know, Glenn Close was the old pirate in Hook. Yep, in Hook. Oh yeah, I just f- found that out. Yeah, she was the pirate. She was the one that's like put scorpions like, in the box. Why? Um, why was I don't know? She's badass, R. R. and her name's Glenn Robin Williams. Yeah, um, Bay Area legend as well. Oh yes. So it was a roadhouse. It was a um, bordello. It was a yeah. speakeasy. Yeah. And that was kind of cu- comes into the time that we're going to talk about these people who owned the place. So it's almost like a, I don't, again, I'm such a Twin Peaks nerd, but it's almost like a Black Lodge. Mm-hmm. So it's literally provides, or a One-Eyed Jacks. Oh, this could be One-Eyed, One-Eyed Jack was actually One-Eyed Jack, Jack, Jacqueline. Oh, yeah. I, is that from the new the new season? No, no. I'm okay. just saying that our One-Eyed Lady, our, oh, our oh, coach oh, driver. Okay. I was like, oh, no. Did you just give me information? No, no. I haven't seen I, the new season. So, like, you know, good times through the mountains. And it's... Under the cloak of darkness, it's I could see that happening. Oh, for sure. Where it's located and everything, it's just of course, who wants to go up there and put as a as a police officer who would want to go up there and potentially risk getting stabbed or something? Just oh yeah, people. And it's only a mile out of town, out yeah. of the downtown. But when you're there, you feel like you're far. you're in the mountains. Even you're to this day, you feel. Oh that yeah, way. and I'll have some stories about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also a gay bar in the seventies, mm-hmm. and mm. um, 
I think the reason it got shut down, I might be wrong on this, but no, there this was happened. a murder. Yeah, I looked it up. So this happened. I mean, I know it happened. I just don't know if that's why it shut down. But oh. there was a lover's quarrel and a, a band was playing and the boyfriend or husband, boyfriend, it wouldn't yeah. be husband at the time, shot his lover on stage and he wow. died. That's like a roadhouse scene. Oh, yeah. I imagine tight jeans, mustaches. It was the 70s. So but, smoky. Oh, so smoky. You probably couldn't see the stage. So much carcinogen. But... Wow. So yeah, I, I mean, it really is a roadhouse. This place is so much history. And when you go there, you feel it. You really do. Mm-hmm. And so just maybe to explain what the place looks like mm-hmm. a little bit, it's long and it's in, it's set on t- into the mountain a little yeah. bit. So it's two stories. And when you walk in, there's this very narrow stairway mm-hmm. that goes straight up to the second level that's still leaning into the mountain. So you can leave the second yeah. floor outside and, and like just be on the mountain. Yeah, there's a bit sense. of a walkout. There's like yeah. a, 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 some kind of a balcony that you can walk out onto, which you would see the side of a mountain yeah. on. It's like a cabin. Yeah. It's exactly like I imagine it originally looking like a cabin. Mm-hmm. So it's set up like that. Yeah, and so when you go in on the left, there's a long bar like you'd expect. And then far, far to the left, there's a stage. And they still do music every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you go, if you look to the right, there's a couple of little rooms for seating. Everything's very small for a restaurant nowadays. Yeah. And a little cramped because it's so old and they yeah. kept that footprint. So there's like the Mount Charlie room, who's another famous um, pioneer we mm-hmm. could talk about in a, in a podcast about the Santa Cruz Mountains. Mm-hmm. And that's a little seating area. And then there's some steps down to where they do a lot of their barbecue. So it's now a barbecue joint. Yeah, like a smokehouse barbecue kind of how joint. they call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So they do a lot of the barbecuing in this small, they have two kitchens, one down to the right. And then they do some of the barbecuing outside the and second floor. Yeah. So when you leave, because I used to work there, spoiler alert, when you leave at two in the morning and you're walking to your car, you realize that you just reek of smoked Smoke. meats and that have been wafting up the mountain all night. And yeah. So all the stray dogs from the mountain will Do be they? down there. Yeah. Oh, man. And you just know that you're being watched by mountain lions as you walk to your car. I was going to say, God, wouldn't there be like mountain lions? I would just, oh, I, yeah. if I was mountain lion... I you mean, can smell it forever. Yeah. It's delicious smelling. And I of don't even it's eat... almost cruel. Red, red meat. Yeah, it's pretty... And, you know, I was the bar manager for, for a little while, so I'd be one of the last ones out just walking up the mountain in my car in these redwoods like, oh, well, oh, this is not safe in any way. Yeah, there's an, it's not really... I mean, no, this isn't a, a negative response to the, the cats at all, but there, it's not well lit. It really has a, a mountain... You're in the mountains yes. vibe. I almost always feel like I want to wear plaid and like oh, yes. boots when I'm there. Yeah. I feel like, oh, I'm dressed like oh, a for city sure. slicker. And it's got such a great clientele because of that. Because, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, when it, uh, it's kind of the only place to go to in the mountains unless you're going to go into, there's a few towns in the Santa Cruz mountains on the way, <laughs> on the way to Santa Cruz. But it's really the only restaurant on, on the mm-hmm. north side of the mountains. It's the only place to go. So you get a lot of. I want to call them like mountain folk. They are like bearded, yeah. older guys. Yeah, but you also get then the more well-to-do families from Los Gatos Los who Gatos want to come for in. their nice Santa Cruz wines or mountain. Exactly. We, there's also from the Cats restaurant, you can see some really nice wineries like Testarossa. wineries, Testarossa wineries. Which up there. I love, by the way. Yeah. Testarossa. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I think we're gonna do our. I was gonna propose our first episode celebration to be at Testarossa Winery. Oh, yeah. We can get a glass and bring our fellows and stuff. That'd be lovely. Um, But with that sun-drenched climate that you have, but again, with the coldness coming from the coast, you get amazing wines, Mm -hmm. red wines coming out of that area. 
so so the clientele have you have these very well-off people from town sipping their wines and then you have the guys who've been coming to this bar forever whenever it's open because it's been on and off forever yeah um who have stories to tell about what it was like when they Mm. were there before they Mm -hmm. have their special they're the kind of guys because i've bartended at all over the country in various places and it's very much like those guys who they sit down they don't even want to look at you like your their drink should be there as soon as they sit at their spot if someone else is in their spot you have to figure out a way to move them you know they they just have their routines and the cats definitely had those those people which is fun that's cool that's the kind of bar i like to work for the ones with regular personality Mm -hmm. and regulars yeah yep so so uh since we're talking about the cats as a restaurant um, Martha and I, we reached out to the, the management company that runs it now. And of course, we're, this is our very first episode. They didn't, there was no response, but I wouldn't blame <laughs> them is what I'm trying right. to say. Um, we just got all of our kind of digital presence up and running. And, uh, when you're running a re- restaurant, like it's such oh, it's a, busy, yeah. it's so busy. I don't blame them, but we did go in and we enjoyed uh, some live music and some of their amazing cornbread and food. <laughs> and we kind of interviewed a few hostesses or waitresses that gave us some fun stories as well. Not even just fun, like good, creepy stories. Mm-hmm. And I'll let Martha jump into that because she has some personal stories, but you walk in there and you know there's something about a building where it can be old. I mean, traveled and there's old buildings out there. Not every old building has a creepy story. But there's something about that location that you go, mm-hmm. there's got to be, there's something amongst, in the air. It's almost like static yeah. electricity. Well, you can feel the history there, yeah. for sure. And it's I think... It's modern, though. The, the structure is very modernized inside, but there's yeah. history there. It's, it's yeah. kind of... They definitely had to clean it up when it was bought by the people who I worked for when I went back in t- 2014 when I worked mm-hmm. there. They had just reopened and renovated it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it switched hands, I don't know how many times since then. So I don't know who the people are who own it now. Mm-hmm. I, wish, <laughs> I wish them luck. I love the place. I'm glad that they're yeah. keeping it open. Yeah. So um, it's... But it still has that old feel for sure. And as far as we can tell in our research, that roadhouse was there as a roadhouse, and it was a real estate agency for a little while, and a gun shop. I can see that. Kind of like a two-for-one. Wow. At the same time, when... (laughs) I know, like, you can can Get a gun, or you can buy a house. (laughs) Yeah. And when it was... The the land was bought by C.S. Woods and Sarah Bardfield. Originally, yeah. Originally. And they're the ones who built the cat statues. Um, I have to... I'll find who the artist was in a second. And they're the ones who built their epic estate up on the mountains that I think we're going to talk about next. Yes. Um, so just to give you a quick little thing about who they were, Charles Wood, born in 1852 was an author, attorney, pacifist, artist, soldier, civil liberties advocate, and Georgian. But Georgian meaning Georgism? Have you ever heard of that? No. Like King George? No, it's called, it's stop. an economic philosophy holding that while people should own the value they produce themselves, economic value derived from land, including natural resources and natural opportunities, should belong equally to all members of society. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it's kind of a socialist... But, yeah, but it's also like, if you can afford to right. own land... Because this man yeah. was wealthy. And yeah. his family was wealthy. His of dad course. was a famous um, a famous soldier as well. He ended up going to West Point 
and graduated West Point in 1874. And his fame as an infantry soldier, he's well, what he's known for is the Nez Pierce War in 1877, which that. is that tragic time when um, Chief Joseph surrendered. And it was that big march of the native peoples to reservations with the famous line, my heart is sick and sad. From where the sun now stands, I will fight no more forever. Mm-hmm. And from Chief, Chief Joseph, Joseph being associated with the Trail of Tears, I think yeah. is how it's historically kind of known. That's yes. when the buzzword that I was like, ah, okay. Yeah. Yes. And so this Charles Erskine, Erskine, Erskine. Scott Wood, mm-hmm. was the soldier that brought Chief Joseph across, you know, on the Trail of Tears, but apparently they became close friends. And this is all coming from his side of the story yeah, and yeah. his memoirs. And there are pictures that I found of them together. Apparently he became friends with Chief Joseph's son after Chief Joseph died as well. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of um, whitewashing or rewriting of the history. Uh, yeah. That I mean... There's a lot of... In the stuff I was reading, and again, this is all from like the 1870s. Yeah. There's a lot of noble savage type of talk. course of course like oh i i respected chief joseph so much he would for for someone so lacking he was so noble like these very problematic very derogatory in terms our... of course it's so hard to see these things from i mean it's not it's we have to remember the time in which these things were said but at this it's really interesting to know that that guy who was a military someone with military ranking associated with the trail of tears bought that purchased this bit of land yeah and uh maintain those relationships yeah it's he did claim and he did try to or he did claim that he was the one who who wrote down these those famous words i will fight no more forever mm-hmm. um though i think that's in dispute and it kind of gave him a little bit of infamy or a little bit of fame at the time so when he became a lawyer he was kind of known as the friend of chief joseph he had ah. some fame to him so he moved to Oregon with his family in Portland, was involved in politics, and he became a lawyer for anarchists and political dissidents. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So he had this very active, he was, a, he was an intellectual, very active in politics and stuff. And that's how he met Sarah Field. When who he, became his partner. Yeah. Who became his partner. She was a poet, suffragist, Georgist, and Christian socialist that... Um, she, she, she had a pretty normal life at first. Uh, she was married to a guy named Albert Ergot after graduating high school in 1900. He was twice her age. Um, she lived in Burma, I found out really briefly, wow. with him and had her first son there, suffered injuries during the birth, and came back. And something about that when she came back to Ohio made her very active politically, and she started up schools for impoverished children and soup kitchens. Mm -hmm. And from there, she kind of moved into the suffragette movement and became one of the leading figures of the suffragette movement. And it's for a little bit of context into the suffragette movement. um, Gosh, I, from what I understand, um, of course, so in like the 19 teens, starting thing, I want to say like the 1900s, um, women that were uh, wanted to have a voice really early on feminists and women's rights movement uh, kind of movement in general, the suffragette, and please, I'm like struggling here a little bit, but uh, they were also vocal against like not drinking and like, Oh yeah, they're prohibitionists. They're prohibitionists, but the suffragettes kind of wanted this moralization, including 
the equal women to be seen as equals. Mm -hmm. That's like the really important, my always, my important takeaway from suffragettes where they were a little bit of, um, killjoys in a lot of ways because they didn't, they (laughs) were like super not into, not into libations and not into these things, but drinking culture in the United States at that time was so different than it has been. There's definitely factions in the group too. Um, because Sarah, Sarah Field and CES Woods were anti-prohibitionists and they mm-hmm. actually when they bought the cats and the mountain they mm-hmm. put up wine barrels along the road along 17 so cool. just to like, flip, like my house. flip off the the prohibitionists. the prohibitionists yeah um so i mean just to kind of yeah yeah that's what she she was a humanitarian and a feminist and she was pretty bad she um she came up with the slogan no votes no babies wow so she was basically she was writing a bunch of articles saying like women don't put out yeah, I was gonna like, say because then you kind of didn't. Yeah, birth control was not control. Right, and she uh, there's this great article I found, like an old news clipping from a paper that was talking about her speech in Chicago for the suffragette movement, and the the headline was Sarah Field, not a fat woman! Exclamation point. <laughs> they were surprised that she was pretty. They said, and like the the tagline was like not dowdy at all, and she actually had a pleasant appearance. I was like, I can't believe. I can't. Yeah, not a fat like, woman. <laughs> aside from the the all this talking this woman is doing, yeah. she's also hey, she's also not fat yeah. like with that. She, she's not, she she's was. not that bad. <laughs> and apparently, Charles Wood noticed her not fatness or whatever, and uh, they met in San Francisco when he was doing some work. I think they Clarence Darrow introduced them, but they became began an affair. Mm-hmm. They were both married. Mm-hmm. Um, he moved in with Sarah in San Francisco in 1918 after his wife refused to grant him a divorce. And he basically wow. was like, okay, you're staying back with the kids and I've got, Sarah and I are going to live in, city. in, live in San Francisco. Then. And as we build this estate in wow, Los Gatos. She got a pretty sweet, Sarah got a pretty sweet cut oh, of yeah. pie. Oh yeah, she just she she took him and they they ran. Do we we don't know what happened to her son? No, yeah, her son, her son or stayed the with the husband. Hold uh, on. So they were kind of like. She also the... had a daughter in 1906. After the birth of her daughter, the family moved to Portland, Oregon, in 1910, and that's where she was introduced to Woods by uh, Clarence Darrow. They became friends, and she was hired to become his assistant. Oh. And then they started a love affair. She okay. began touring in support of women's suffrage, giving speeches at the Chicago Convention of the National Women's Party. She was friends. They both were friends with Woodrow Wilson. Like, they just had such a intellectual life yeah. together. And they were both... The important thing that they fell in love together um, on was poetry. They loved mm-hmm. art and poetry, and that was, like, their main... Connecting. Connecting factor. So mm-hmm. when... They decided to live and buy this land in Los Gatos, which I think they only, like, it was like $25,000 for, like, 50 acres or something, which was insane back then, but, like, yeah, now it's just crazy. They, they basically bought this mountain, and they started to build. I'm curious to know what the inflation rate of $25,000 would be from 1910. Yeah. But, anyway. Well, I know now that it sold about four years ago for $9.6 million. Yeah. Which I'm actually surprised. Yeah. I thought it would be higher. Yeah, same here. Um, and just to quickly sidebar on that, Martha and I, when we were doing some initial research on the cats, we found a really cool Sotheby's uh, video 
and um, website mm-hmm. dedicated to the estate that gave us a, a view of the of the estate that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, because so you can't really get cool. up there. It's no, not open it's, to the public. It's no, privately owned. It's privately owned, um, which, hey, if ever someone should... Yeah. If the Ogilvy family, who is still somehow... <laughs> and we'll touch on that. We'll bring a box of wine. Yeah, we will bring a very good... Does Hesteros make a box? We can no, ask. No. We can put it in a box. Put in a... We can just, you know, put <laughs> it in a bag. Yeah. And... Bring some, um, yeah, we'll no, stop so, at Safeway sorry, yeah. and pick up we'll some stop. snacks. Yeah, we will him. bring some snacks to the, the cats as we do. <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's a beautiful place, though. So, thank you, Sotheby's, for taking some beautiful footage and, and sharing some really um, intimate interviews with the family related to the estate. Yeah, because after C.S. Woods and C.E.S. Woods and, and Sarah moved out after he died she moved in with her daughter i think she went back to portland yeah um then it was owned by the ogilvies yeah and we don't know that much about it besides what we saw in the videos they seem like exactly very nice people from all that i've heard los gatos um, still based it's, yeah it los gatos like based people. the family's mm-hmm. well liked i think the mom used to go down to the cats and was well liked i never i don't think i met i may have met while i was working there because i was only briefly yeah but very wonderful people who took really good care of the estate and really loved the history of it. Yeah. So they kept all the, the buildings. So yeah, everything that's there is still intact. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. So what they built is, I think it's four or five buildings that are up there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a main, and we'll put some pictures of what we have. There's what, what really drew me to it when I found out that above where I was working on this mountain, mm-hmm was that there's this like amphitheater with a giant art deco type woman sculpture that's kind of looming over this amphitheater. Yeah, and it's like a bus. It's almost like a medallion. It's something, it's like a mixture between art deco, but it's very much a touch on like the Renaissance, the way they would do like a bust um, overlooking. So it's attached to the building. Yeah. And then it kind of comes out at a at an angle, mm-hmm. the bust that overlooks like a, this amphitheater. Um, who am I thinking of? Not Chagall, well, Chagall was a painter, but it kind of has like oh, yeah, stylistic shapes. shapes, very... Very rounded. Yeah. It's very cool. It's Almost, really cool. Almost like Gagan yes. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, some of these pictures are, to be honest, kind of creepy. The f- pictures I found mm-hmm. in the mountain. And that's why I really was drawn to it. One, because while I was working at the Cats, it was when the first season of True Detective came out. Yeah. And it has that similar. vibe. It has that... Um, it does. Uh, Carcosa in the woods mystical feeling. It does. Because there's also apparently up in these hills, besides the main buildings, there are these um, cement seating areas like that are, are like these circles of cement walls that you're supposed to sit in and meditate in the woods yeah. that are a little overgrown and they have like words carved into them and they feel very ceremonial. Yeah. And private. And even in the Sotheby's video we watched, one of like the granddaughter who was talking about her time as a child when the Ogilvies lived up there, about walking on some path and just finding one of these overgrown cement. Yes. CES Woods and Sarah really intended, and, and we'll get into this, but they would have artists come up that would be just, they were such, uh, open, um, kind of like they were they were members of these bohemian but they actually like went out and participated in these events and and mm-hmm. um, yeah 
new people in their community and like actually reached out and people would come up including Charles Chaplin, Ansel Adams, like they would have artists and bohemians come up and they would have, they would sit at these circles and have these conversations. So they really, Mm -hmm. they actually physically constructed cement structures to have these conversations. In in the list of people that would come up there and frequent, frequent, Chief Joseph apparently did go up there. Emma Goldman, Eugene Debs, Ansel Adams, Mark Twain, Charlie Chaplin, which we have some photos of yeah. him hanging up there, Robertson Jeff- Robinson Jeffers, Clarence Darrow, Child Hassam, Eleanor Roosevelt, Margaret Sanger, and John Steinbeck all would go up there. Wow, even Steinbeck. Mm-hmm. Which makes I mean, sense because he was already well established, I think, at the point. I think it was later in his career. But, um... Yeah, they were the it people of Los Gatos. Mm-hmm. They had the estate. One thing that I noticed that I maybe I can get I'll get some more info on this when I do some research for the Winchester Museum is that one of the gates in the Sotheby's video had a spider web pattern. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. And it's very distinct and it's very unique. Um you don't I don't see that everywhere. And we'll get into it when we talk about the Winchester yeah. house, but Sarah Winchester was obsessed with the spider web pattern as well. And she would have been building her mansion at the same time. Oh, as this was going on. As this was going and on. So they be, had to have known each other. I was going to say, they had to have been such two prolific, probably the two most prolific people in the area at that time. Oh, yeah. And both being eccentrics. Um, Sarah Winchester is often painted. We'll get into that. But like, she was really just a very big fan of architecture mm-hmm. and craftsmen and artists. And she was a spiritualist and they, they make her kooky in the movies yeah. and stuff. From everything that I've heard from the actual historians yeah. working there, that's not the real case. It no. wasn't necessarily her paranoia. She actually had some very um, enlightened views of spirituality in oh, terms absolutely. of interconnectedness and that's what her num- using the number 13 and using spider webs were all representations to her of of a, more, a broader worldview, which yes. is very much in line with how these kind of bohemian poets yeah i'm sure it was like a, a, hill, we're a thinking. feeling at the time um of yeah it, Victor, like whatever the culture and the uh pop, pop culture at the time that was a, a commonality i mm-hmm. guess that people would have and these seances it was all common to the victorian era and um people of high society would participate in these and of course share share like-minded views and art being creative out of that is just of course a necessity yeah. and evolution of that, how that would go but we really do want to research on the connectedness between some of the designs that we've seen at the Poets Canyon and some of the architecture around that estate um, and the Winchester Mystery House yeah which is located in San Jose, and we'll get into that. We, we definitely do want to do an episode yeah. about that. And actually, from photos that I found of um, the Poets Canyon and the view from Poets Canyon, because it faces San Jose into the valley. Yes, it does. On the top, of, on the hill on this mountain. It's it's a good, it's, there's a the winding little road that goes up to Poets Canyon, goes up a few switchbacks. It's not, these aren't mountains like the Rocky Mountains Mm-mm. by any means. I Mm-mm. should probably say they're, they're glorified hills to a certain extent. Yeah. But they're, but they're, they're mountains. Um, you like c- Twin Peaks. They're, yeah, they're Twin Peaksy. Yeah. And uh, you can see the whole valley. And from now, what you see is San Jose in the urban sprawl that is San Jose. But back in their time, it was basically orchards. Orchards and beautiful With a lush. couple of houses and probably, I'm guessing, could be wrong, 
the Winchester house. You could yes. probably oh, see from there. Absolutely. Because win- the Winchester house is not that far from Los Gatos. It's, no, it's maybe maybe eight miles, maybe or maybe I think like, even less. Maybe less. Because of the winding roads, it seems farther. But again, you're looking dead onto a canyon from a hilltop. You're going to be able to see that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could. They could see the construction yeah. as it was going on. So I just it's really cool to think of all these people coming up there. And to be honest, there's a lot of privilege in, in that in their life of of luxury and mm-hmm. sitting up there and like I'd love to live on a mm-hmm. mountain and write poetry every day on mm-hmm. a creepy in a in a creepy woods setting. But um Absolutely. So there's a lot of jealousy coming from yeah. me on that side. I know Martha and I the whole time were like, could we you know, would anyone notice if we just lived here like yeah. in, a, in a tent? I know. Um, it's pretty I feel cool. like we might not get caught for a good week. But we won't. We'll, we'll respect. Well, you know what we need to do? Because from that Sotheby's video, you can apparently, or at least before it got sold, people were getting married up there. You could rent it. Right. We need to do, we get, we need to get married. We need to have a commitment ceremony. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. And rent it out. We need to do like a Kickstarter for that or something. Yeah. Our marriage. Because it can't be cheap. No, God, it's got to be thousands of dollars to rent it out. But where people get married is that overlook that you had mentioned with the, uh, the amphitheater with the, with the bust um it's not a bust it's like i'm not using the term it's a relief sculpture. it's a relief thank you it's a relief yeah yeah so that and is, we will be posting pictures yes and really lush oh it's always seemed to be overgrown yeah yeah it, it feels ceremonial like i just can't emphasize enough that when you walk through the woods up there apparently like you come across cement circles that are overgrown yeah. with words carved into them and just how weird that is and I how know. in love with that I am. <laughs> and it's very arts and crafts movement too. Yeah. It's very, it has a handmade feeling and some of the buildings, I, I'm just scrolling through looking at pictures, there's an orientalism to it. There's mm-hmm. a Southwestern element to it. Yep. There's um, almost like a bit of a Gaelic kind of with the knots and yep. things like that. It's just such a interesting amalgam of buildings. That are still intact, and like we said, the family lived there until a certain uh, until a decade ago or so. Yeah, they've been, it's been pretty closed off. I mean, I'm just trying to find real quick. Sorry, I want to find the artist that did the oh, yeah. cats. The Ro- cats Robert themselves. Payne. He also did the relief sculpture. Oh wow! So when you so if you visit Los Gatos, um, you can go up to the cat sculptures because they're just in the same. Yes. Um, they're the entry point. Yeah, and they're the same parking lot as, as everything. Now they actually have a gate there, so you can't get past it. And I think there are some apartment buildings that are up there. So there's, oh. it's like a yeah. I I should have jumped on that. Um, Probably. But so it's budget. it's you know you can't mm-hmm. trespass past that. But the cats themselves are definitely like a photo op that you should yes. go to. And if you stop at the cats restaurant, you can and then you that. can go take your pictures with these really cool, ominous eight-foot cats that guard the whole estate. It's really cool. And the building of the Cats Roadhouse is also really cool. It has that, that cabin-type feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really highly recommend it. Checking it out. It's a, If we want to talk a little bit about the arts movements that went up there. I mean, yeah, people would, I think we said it, like poets would go up there. And write and just kind of live for a while. Yep, they would be inspired. Yeah, people would stay up there. They had multiple houses. Uh, Sarah and Charles lived in a separate house that was even further up the mountain. That was their own, like even retreat from their retreat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they had their like what did they, they called it like the outlook or something like that or like 
Oh, I forget the what that's perch. called. Something it's like bird. something like the perch. Something like that. Um, and it's beautiful. So when there were visitors staying, they can kind of have their getaway. I like how they seem like this reclusive romantic couple. Yeah. And they definitely had that vibe. I found an article or an interview with a girl who lived with them for a while. Um, she was a Russian refugee that oh. was adopted by this woman named Kitty, mm-hmm. who then became Charles's assistant. Mm-hmm. When she was young, and this is after he started his affair, he was living with Sarah at the Cats. And, well, they, yeah. and so this, this Russian girl who in the 90s was interviewed about this remembers as a little girl being taken up in like her Model T car yeah. with her adopted mom, this kitty. kitty, and staying up at the Cats, this giant estate that she said, there's something funny in there about how the first night there was someone famous staying there, mm-hmm. so they didn't have any rooms for her, so she slept on the roof with the oh, lizards. Like, I hope that it was summertime. Yeah, I was like, Still. okay. She's like, I woke up with lizards. It's like, oh, okay. But oh. Um, she remembers Charles as a very like commanding presence. Mm-hmm. He was very, uh, he was kind of scary and imposing, but he like took over a room. And we'll have pictures of him. He looks like a Santa Claus when yeah. he, in his he older life. Very, yeah, in his younger beard. life, hottie. Really? Have you, yeah. No, I haven't seen the it. Pictures, I'll have to find it. The pictures of the soldier kind of standing like at attention, that's him. Oh. He's he was a he looks kinda like Jude Law what? when he was younger. Wow. That's just crazy how much age can be. Yeah, like, and then he turned face. into Santa Cruz Santa Cruz Santa Claus. Santa Cruz Santa Claus. Santa, Santa the Santa Cruz Santa Claus. Yeah. Um big white beard. He'd wear yep. big hats and stuff. Yeah, he almost looked a little bit like um like Mark Twain. Yeah, and he never smiled in any of these photos. Mm-hmm. This little girl, as an old, as a ninety-year-old woman, describes him. She's like, he's very dynamic. Even though sometimes I think he was a bad man, he's like Bill Clinton. Is how oh. she said it, which is so funny to me. Like that's this old woman's version of like a very seductive man, but oh, but very, very whatever. Yeah. But this little girl didn't like sarah because sarah was mean to kitty oh no because kitty started an affair with charles so oh, apparently yeah. charles had this history of whoever was his assistant he'd be have assisting in all yeah. departments so okay. apparently oh, this little girl called sarah dowdy and mean she's yeah she had to sleep on the roof dowdy the, yeah called her dowdy said she never she always wore um frumpy clothes oh and she wasn't trying hard enough Oh. Which I was like, well, she was kind of a feminist. I don't... Well, depends on how you want to take it. Um, Yeah, Wood had a very engaging presence, commanded a room. She compared him to Bill Clinton. And she said uh, Kitty was most definitely in love with Wood, and he and Sarah treated her poorly leading up to her death. Oh, no. Yeah. And there's a little bit... I mean, I read it in multiple places that Kitty probably committed suicide young young in life which is so sad because is, there's a picture of her she's just a gorgeous woman and apparently she was very smart like she should have been instead of an assistant she should have been the lawyer kind of situation yeah. which is just the case for so many of these women yeah and and it's also like underneath this the picture perfect exterior might be you know mental health is one of those things that yeah. doesn't care how you look i'm so sorry to hear that about kitty yeah and it's who knows the real story? I mean, it's this this old woman really hates Sarah, but she was Kitty's adopted daughter. Yeah. Who knows? Like Sarah's not thrilled that there's a new woman yeah, in there around. And then this whole time, Charles <laughs> Charles had a wife. Oh right, who had the kids back home, and he didn't. He wasn't even able to. He did marry Sarah only after his wife died. Oh wow! In 1938. 
Wow. They married right away when she died in 1938. Yeah. I but mean, they lived together for years. So it's like, this guy kind of got yeah, away with a lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Hey. Fun fact, before we move on, I almost forgot this. He was portrayed by Sam Elliott in the oh. TV movie, I Will Fight No More Forever. Now, I want to see that. I'm a huge Sam Elliott fan. Oh, when you great. shared this, it was like, what? Yeah. Oh my God. I want to see, like, because there's not... A lot of, I mean, as much of a glamorous lifestyle as he and Sarah lived, it seems like we haven't been able to find a lot of, like, pop culture references to them at all. Yeah, they, yeah, they, because they live such a private life mm-hmm. besides, it's not like they were throwing big parties for these famous people. No, they weren't like These the famous people Gatsby. came yeah. up to, to, to them work and to kind as of an artist out. retreat. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't, they, they apparently were known around town, like, you'd see them walking in Los Gatos. Yeah. They were a very cute older couple, but oh. they didn't. Like they didn't do anything salacious and kind of right. that would again. I mean, that's my key, besides, my buzzwords. Besides buzzwords. having affairs with every yeah. woman who so they had their did their quiet, paperwork. You know, very mature uh, affairs, but not anything glitzy and glamorous and yeah. titillating. And and they have they have they had kids uh, that they were, had children together. Mm-hmm. Their oh. daughter. Oh right, of course, because the Ovi. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was their daughter. No, sorry, his daughter Nan Wood Honeyman. Oh. Was Oregon's first U.S. Congresswoman. <gasps> what a but cute that was name, daughter, too. Honey- Nan. Yeah. Honeywood. Nan Honeyman. Sounds like a nice little cookie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I'm sure as the first U.S. Congresswoman, she would love to be referred to know, as a little, sorry. <laughs> nice I, little cookie. That's pretty cool. <laughs> first U.S. Congresswoman. Uh-huh. Yeah, so these, I mean, powerful family. Very in, in impressive a, family. environment that really fostered intellectualism and fostered arts and crafts and avant-gardism. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really, I mean, it's just so apropos of the Santa Cruz Mountains to, to yeah. foster that. Well, they helped make Los Gatos an art community. Um, yeah. Once the logging dried up and stuff, and it, it was just kind of a, it became a retreat for some of the wealthier people in, of the area, and also a retreat for San Franciscans who wanted a weekend down. time. Yeah. And they kind of followed these two's, their their lead, and they, they started living there. And it's it's somewhat known for its arts community now. I'm, I'm actually the historian for the Los Gatos Art Association. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. And yeah. it's, a, it's been going on um, for 70 years. 70 years yeah so there's a lot of art here event and all of that stuff there is and um to talk a little bit more about your relationship to the estate of course you found out about all of this Mm -hmm. after working yes at and we touched on that a little bit but if you want to talk about now that's the history but to talk a little bit about (laughs) the the spookiness yes there actually is because we do want to keep things History is cool, but everyone loves a good fireside ghost story. Oh, yeah. And that place, you can feel it when you walk in like, yep, yeah, totally haunted. Very, very much had that feel. When I started working there, um, again, I didn't, I probably worked there for three months before management switched and I ended up getting more into my, my current um, art career. But um, I was kind of hired on to help with the bar management a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and our, uh, bar, the restaurant manager, Robert was the one, he actually loved to spook everybody. So everything he said came with a grain of salt at first. I'm like, uh, of course, because you like to jump out from behind things and scare oh, people. Oh, that's, uh, that but, takes away from people's, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But for the spooky things that happened to me, if it had been him, he would have taken credit for it. Uh, that's one of the key things. So 
Okay. I started hearing... I'm just going to go into some of the yeah, spooky Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's set it's, the presence. Let's set, or let's set the table of where you were at when this happened. Was this during hours, after hours? One um, of the first experiences. Most of everything that happened creepy to me was after hours. And since I was bartending, we're usually the last ones out of, of this course. place. And they, we shut down pretty late. So we're talking like I'm there having my after shift drink or like counting the like till. Like 2.30. Yeah, like pretty early in the, in the morning. Everything's supposedly locked down. That was one of my actually scarier mm-hmm. stories wasn't ghost related. It's when I was alone downstairs in the restaurant and again in the mountains in the the dead of night in the darkness yes and what's supposed to happen is you shut you lock down the restaurant Mm -hmm. and i was just me and another a girl who was managing the restaurant that night she went upstairs to the office and she can see everything with like with cameras the the security cameras yeah. yeah and and she had told me that she'd lock the front doors and then so i had my back to the door and i'm counting all this money from these two registers that are in the restaurant assuming the restaurant's locked yeah and the door Ugh. opens yeah it's like three in the morning oh my God. and a man comes in really squirrely really darty and he start, he makes a like a beeline for the bathroom which is hidden kind of yeah i've been behind there. It's the by bar. the stage it's yeah. behind the bar next to the stage you don't know it's there unless you, you've been there unless you've been there yeah. and he immediately starts beelining for there and i knew just like i had this I've never had it before, but this instinctual, like, if I let him go to that bathroom... Yeah, something's I'm happen. surrounded, because that's to my... Behind me, and then the door's in front of me. Very tactical. And that's what was happening. Like I wish was, I thought that way. I don't know where it came from. But, like, I just had that feeling. It was one of the more scary things that's happened to me while mm-hmm. working in bars. And I've had some scary things happen. And he starts going, and I just screamed, like, don't. Like, a lot of foul language. Yeah. Like, you don't fuck... Don't you dare. Yeah. And he stops... And he's like all jittering and he's, his eyes are going back to the door, oh, like oh, back and forth. Like, and he goes, uh, I, I'm supposed to go to the bathroom. Oh, is oh I'm said. supposed to go to the yeah. bathroom. That is so, if I heard that, I was, I would piss yeah. myself. I, I would scream I just, just so I just, Yeah, I just started getting really loud because I was hoping the girl upstairs would mm-hmm. hear me. And I was just like, you get the hell out of here, but using worse language. Like if you don't, you take another freaking step. I'm coming at you right now. Yeah. I'm calling like I'm already punched in nine one one, and I will break a bottle over your yeah. head. Like getting as 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 difficult for him as exactly. Possible. Letting him know that this is not going to end well. I'm going to yeah. put up a fight if you do. Yeah, and I'm a, something. I'm a big girl too. Yeah, it, it helps that I'm almost six foot yeah. and not yeah. tiny. And yeah, and he was actually kind of a little squirrely guy. Yeah, and he moves again towards like he's he's thinking it through like well yeah. crap what am I supposed to yeah. do and he goes to the bath he starts to go towards the bathroom and I move down the bar a little With, bit like uh-huh. I will pick up something and throw yeah. it at you and he's like well uh I can't remember what he said something else about him he needs to go to the bathroom or yeah. he's supposed to I and care. I was like you just get the yeah, hell get out of here I don't care dude. if you go like, turn around you gotta go so he goes out he does leave he like runs out of there I run after him, shut and lock the door, look out the window. He gets into a car with another guy and they're fighting in the car. Oh, see? And then mind you, the whole front of the cats is all windows. It's like a cabin. It's like little windows. So it's in the dead of night when you're in the mountains, you're lit from the inside. It's hard to see people outside, but they can see everything you're doing. Yep. They can see me. They could see, like, there was two tills there. There was just me and one other girl that could have been sitting in the parking lot and we couldn't have seen. So that's not spooky as much but that's as scary. I was like, wow, this that it's was an terrifying. imposing location. That was really t- yeah, because mm-hmm. even though we're only a mile outside of town, 
No one would hear us. No. He could have shot the place up. Nobody the, would have the, heard the it. The cops coming from Los Gatos or Santa Cruz would take at least 20 minutes to get there. Yeah. Going super fast on the highway. Yeah. It's, I mean, not to, not to, you know, put negative thoughts out there, but it really is one of those locations where it's cool to be secluded, but when you don't want to be secluded, it sucks. Yeah. And yeah. I know that it was also a mistake that doesn't happen. Like, there would never just be two people shutting yeah. down the restaurant like that yeah. and the counting of the till like that. None of that would happen now because, and I think that was just because a couple people had to, like, called in sick. So, I'm, sh- I'm that wouldn't happen nowadays. But, yeah. man, that was scary. That's scary. Um, beyond that, <laughs> that situation, Robert was always telling me stories of, like, oh, yeah, this place is haunted. There used to be a bar upstairs. And, mm-hmm. like, what are you, the bar's down here. What are you talking about? Apparently, there was a bar that was upstairs in this little alcove because the second floor has the main kitchen, another bathroom, and, like, an extra seating area that you can rent out, or they'll just fill it with overflow seating. Yeah. Excuse me. And in this little corner that's now just a booth, there was this old bar, and I did finally find a picture of it, that apparently was from put together from elements from um, a 16th century uh, bar from Belgium. Oh wow! Yeah, it's all it's all solid wood. Yeah, like yeah. so they so they took apart something in Belgium and they like manufactured so cool. a, a bar from it. But apparently, with this bar came some evil spirit. Wow! That uh, everyone kind of knew that it was giving bad vibes. And yeah. apparently, there's a Yelp review. I've tried to find it. I don't think it's still up anymore. But this woman was complaining in her Yelp review that her husband, who never drank, went to the bathroom came back wasted and the bathroom was just right across yeah. from where this is on the second floor it's just right yeah, there. she was sitting looking at the bathroom like he didn't take anyone in there or anything mm-hmm. with her so he went into the bathroom came back wasted started calling himself john and that wasn't his name like referring to himself he didn't have john. a stroke yeah right like and, yeah and go to yelp to complain about this like yeah. instead of the doctor but I know. he started acting really weird and it didn't change until she took him out of the restaurant and he came to his senses again and she's like, he was possessed by some John who was very belligerent and angry and drunk. Whoa. And then apparently, so Robert <laughs> knows about this. He says there's this w- regular at the bar who I kind of remember. He's like, oh, yeah, she's psychic. She knows all about John and the other one. So there are these two ghosts. There's a woman who's nice who stays on the bottom floor. Okay. And there's a Better. picture of her. She might be in o- one of the Ogilvies. Okay, that's right. You did mention that there used to be a portrait of a woman, kind mm-hmm. of of this like late 1800s, maybe early 1900s dress, yeah, black and white or sepia and she'd sing colored, there. and she'd sing there, and that was somehow related to the Ogilvie yeah. family that was related to the Sarah Bard and uh, C. E. S. Woods of that Some, clan. Yeah, yeah, they were related somehow, and she was a good force. If she was a protective force, she stayed on the bottom floor, mm-hmm. and she kept John in check. Mm-hmm. And John was this evil that came with this bar. Well, from Belgium. From Belgium. Wow. That maybe it's Jan from yeah, Belgium. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. But apparently they took down the bar and it's in storage. <gasps> oh, if only we could find something really cool to get us over yeah, there. Like, the storage we'll space. See that. But we don't mind. So this psychic was like, oh yeah, that was. Because the, the Yelp review came up, and she's like, oh, no, I know, that was John, and he'll take over a body if he can. And he'll he's very, he's terrible. We need to be really careful about him. 
can we like access this psychic just for fun? I know. I, I should see if I can find. I could probably. I'm sure she still goes there. Yeah. I think she lives. Come on. In of the course mountains. she lives in the mountains. She's a mountain woman. She's very chatty. Of course. I think. Um, she's very nice. She I'm a chatty also. It helps. There was a story Robert had. Again, he's the manager at this time, where he lost his wedding ring at the restaurant, which is I, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but like. His wedding ring was lost, and the psychic came up to him and said, oh, so-and-so, the nice spirit from downstairs, she's, she said your ring will be found in your backpack or something like that. Like, she, like the ghost told the psychic to tell Robert, don't worry about it. You'll find it tonight in this spot. Sure enough, his wedding ring had like rolled off the desk into his bag for the night, and the ghost had told the psychic. I, that, that always... That is just so strange when it's yeah. like physical things. It's just, I don't know. I think we both are very, Martha and I are very similar in that we, science based. I mean, you're yeah. an action, science illustrator. Yeah, like I work for the science, I work in science fields. Exactly. And I work in a technical field and technical scientific application to things that are consistent and you apply the scientific method. We're all about that. But mm-hmm. there's some things that you, there's something intangible about the universe. And I think even Neil deGrasse Tyson has said this oh, yeah. before. Um, there's something about it that just makes you go, there's something bigger than me out there. <laughs> and it cares about my wedding. And night. it's, a, <laughs> I know. What a thoughtful energy. The yeah. Big Bang energy, the what makes things. Yeah. What makes gravity work energy? When, yeah, and when I think about, about it too ring. much, I debunk all of this stuff. I know. And even Robert and I would sit there debunking it. That's so weird, and talking though, the backpack. About it. That's weird. Yeah, and he and I would even agree where he's like, well, yeah, because, you know, science has shown that it's um, sound waves that we that aren't perceptible right. that well, can actually change the visual, the optic nerve. Yeah, there's a lot of things that yeah. go into feeling creepy. There's energy, there's waves, microwaves, there's waves that are in the air constantly because of our cellular devices. Wi-Fi waves, etc., and it's important to keep those things in mind. Yep. But then, but then there's, there's something about that that just makes you go, "Listen, I'm not saying this is a definitive answer, but I will share the the commonality or the stories that have been shared with me." Yeah. Oh yeah. And I I love this stuff. A creepy yeah. story, my favorite. Like I'll Mine go too. on forever. I love being creeped out, unless like when it's really happening, then it's kind of scary. Um, of course, because you're, you're in the moment. Speaking, so, yeah, of which, speaking of which, two two things that I can only speak to that are creepy that I personally was a part of. One is the picture that we will post that was on the, that was the header for the website forever that was taken when the restaurant was shut down. I've shown the this. cat's website. Yeah, the cat's okay, website. Okay, okay. It's no longer the header. Oh yeah. But yeah. I have the picture yeah. because I show it to everybody I can because the place was locked down. There's nobody in there. It's after close. Taken from the parking lot, so the lights are glowing like from the inside because you keep the restaurant lights on and there's a window that's above the main door on the second floor which would be the window going into the hallway that goes into the office so like Mm -hmm. even if the place was open it would just be restaurant workers it's just a hallway so you just see a wall on the other side and it still exists yeah Mm -hmm. okay two faces you can see two faces in that window from when we took the picture from the outside 
there's one that's really clear and then you can kind of see another one hovering above mm-hmm. looking through the window and it's so creepy do you know who took that photo or where that robert was, what, where it came from okay robert who was the manager at the time yeah. when you worked there uh-huh okay i think ariella he... was there whoa did he take the photo himself or, or mm-hmm. did he know what he saw they or took the photo and then they um they took the photo they put it up and then they noticed it and it's really creepy and if oh, anyone God. like when i would bartend if anyone would come up and ask i remember one there's a i think it might have been the psychic too was there so the woman came up and asked us as we were closing down like is this place haunted and we're like, oh, well, boy, you is know? it? I'd be like, well, is it? Question yeah. mark. But then the psychic came over and was like, oh, you should know and started telling stories. Oh, wait, wait, so a woman asked, A different woman. And then and the psychic, psychic woman came, in, came and said, oh. Robert started telling his stories, like the wedding ring. And also, apparently, they used to have little la- lantern, like the little mm-hmm. glass mm-hmm. Can, uh, candle lights on each bar top. Each table. Oh, okay. And those would go, he'd swear to God that he like blew them all out and then they'd all be back on when he came back downstairs Whoa. um fire but we'd show we'd always if somebody asked we'd be like well, look at this picture and it yeah. would just give people like i've shown it to a bunch of people total heebie-jeebies like <gasps> i want to see it it's now. really really creepy. i want to see it yeah um, i should look it up oh but, god um, yeah um we'll definitely put that one up and highlight what we what we're talking about so that's one thing that when i saw that like i i was like oh my god that's yeah. so so sure. did you see sorry i did i see quick, it being taken i was gonna say so you're going to share a couple of, whoa, did you, so a couple of, <laughs> no, you're creeping me out. No, was there that? was a, a bit of a feedback that we, oh. I've never heard feedback from our mics. Anyhow. Her eyes just got really big and I'm like, Sorry. now I'm getting creeped out I in know. this apartment. This happens every single time. My apartment <laughs> could not be more beige and bland. I live in San Jose. My apartment is made of stucco and beige paint. It is not, I wish it but was But I was creepy. over a really late one night and apparently I kept looking at the door. Yeah, that was not cool. I didn't I mean, do not it cool personally, but Martha kept looking over and it's one of those things it's a bit symbiotic like when you're talking about something creepy things happen but my dog and martha kept looking at my front door and And i I live in a studio apartment (laughs) again nothing has odd has ever happened here and i have a lot of antiques and i wish maybe it would be kind of fun to have something creepy happen but it's really just a very uh very sterile space and um Anyway, so I was going to say, were you, did you see that photograph taken before incidents have had happened to you or was it the same time? So I'll tell the first thing that happened to me was the time I was shutting down and it was with two guys, Robert and Shay. Shay was, okay. Shay was, um, hold on. Actually. Yeah. You're going to pass. So. Have you, did you know about the photograph existing before incidents had happened? I mean, I'm just trying to like put yeah. on my scientific glasses. So the timeline of it is I had heard the place had creepiness, heard it was haunted. I'm sure I'd asked a few times. Robert had told me a few stories. I had not seen the photo until my specific incident happened, mm-hmm. which was, um, I was closing down. Robert and Shay were upstairs in the office with the door closed. There's only the one stairs to get downstairs to where I was at the bar, just kind of closing down the till or just cleaning things. Yeah. There is another way to get down if you go outside the second floor onto like the mountainside and you come back down around the restaurant towards where the stage is. There's like an exit door there. Oh, right. But that's that's a lot and that's also, I can hear it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear if someone comes down the stairs because it's It's creaky. Super old. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear it. And trust me, Robert had 
spooked us on those stairs yeah tons of times and he did like to spook people so there's that caveat but i'm have my back to the bar the place is closed Mm -hmm. i'm doing something with my back to the restaurant you know i'm kind of face i'm probably cleaning bottles because they were they have the tills upstairs and um i hear the stool like that that iconic sound of a stool moving behind me. These like old, on the these are heavy floors. bar stools. Yeah, wooden floors. Oh god, heavy, heavy. That's an imp- that's like a that's a that would scare me. Yeah, it's a sound of like yeah, you know the sound and it's something that triggers you as the bartender to just okay, you've got a customer and in my mind I was going to pour Shay a drink or cuz he'd bought one, we'd bought like our after shift drink or something. Mm-hmm. So I just say to him what can I, what do you want? What, what can I get you? Or are you done? That kind of thing. You said Nothing. that. Nothing. Okay. Oh yeah, I totally thought it was Oh shit. loud, okay. Because in my head, I somehow didn't hear him coming down the stairs. I just heard him like move yeah, and, and sit down. you got the feeling that someone was there. I mean, you yeah. heard it, so it's kind of like, you know. It was just my instant reaction because yeah. if it had been during the shift and I was had my back turned, you hear that, you turn around and go like, what can I get yeah. you? You know, it just was that like, yep. you know, mm-hmm. like the whole sound of everything. Yep. That was a horrible sound effect <laughs> of it. Turn around, there's no one there, and I'm just kind of standing there, like, what, what the hell, what, okay, and, and I'm laughing. See a, a chair little. pulled out of place, or, or were you behind the bar? I'm sorry. I was behind the bar. You so could you see the see. tops of the chairs, and it was there. We hadn't moved the chairs yet. We hadn't flipped them off uh, under the gotcha, bar because gotcha. we were gonna sit down for a little bit. Yeah, like, so it could have been out of place. They yeah. weren't like perfectly arranged. But I'm standing there. I'm like, okay, so I get Ooh. a little. I'm getting a little shiver now. I'm like, yeah. turn around. And I keep working, kind of get it out of my mind. I'm not, like, listening for no, anything. No, Total, like, stool sliding across the floor. Like, a stool moved across the floor. And you Legit. saw... Oh, no, 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 you my heard, back was heard turned it. again. Okay, this is again, my, I hear it, ah. and I turn around, and there is a stool that has moved. And I'm, Sorry. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> doing kind of what I'm doing now, like, hands up, kind of laugh nervously. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a fight or flight mode. What the hell, Robert? You know, that kind of thing. Like, what the hell? Of course. It'd be like, who's messing There's with nothing. Me? There's no giggles. There's no, like, boo, because I was waiting for that. Like, <sighs> which, Sorry. just coming to your apartment today, your dog barked and startled yes, the I get shit startled out of easily. Me. I'm too, so yeah. easily startled, so I was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I'm like, did he have, like, one of the other employees, like, wait in the bathroom? Are they messing with me? Yeah, they're, they're messing with me. Clearly. <laughs> There's nothing. Because that's the only way it could have worked is if they had someone hiding in the bathroom for, like, the hour. Exactly. Since we closed down so that they could, like, crawl along the floor to do that. Or some kind of string movement. Yeah. Like a very, <laughs> Well, very these bar slapstick. stools are the kind of thing. I'm I'm fairly strong. Like, they're the kind of thing you're like, woof, when you, like, yeah. flip them over and put it's them on the bar. Metal. It's an actual, legit, heavy stool. So I turn around. I'm like, okay, they're either mess- messing with me or I'm going crazy. crazy. Mm-hmm. I keep working... I hear two stools move. Like, like I hear that, and I go, that's it. I grab my stuff, my purse and everything. Like, I grab it, and I just run upstairs. That's a lot of activity. Yeah. I ran upstairs. I'm, like, knocking on the door. The door was locked because they were doing till stuff, because that's the way you're supposed to You're supposed to to lock the door, yeah. Um, I'm knocking on the door. They let me in. They're kind of like, are you okay? And I was like, did you, what are, are you guys messing with me right now and they're like yeah we were kind of watching you on the ct thing and we stopped because you looked like what were you they couldn't and they didn't they couldn't see i don't they didn't say anything about the stools but i'm like did you like were you messing with me and they were laughing they're going no and then robert's like look if i was messing with you i'd take total credit and i would have yeah i would have jumped out and gotten the scream he he lived for the scream you know what i mean like the piss your pants moment which he'd gotten from me before yeah like he'd always go 
oh, I forgot to bring your purse down. You have to go upstairs into the office where all the lights are off to get it, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so you're like oh God. walking through the hall and he, he left someone up there to you. jump at you. He yeah. wants that. Yeah. He was like, why would I do this sitting in the office if yeah. this was happening? And he's like, no, this is what happens here. This happens to me all the time. That's why I don't like closing alone. He's like, if we go downstairs, I guarantee you there's like a lamp is going to be back on or something. And nothing was. But okay. I did, we didn't stay for our after shift drink. I was like, nope, we're leaving. We're all yeah. leaving together. Wow. Like holding hands kind of thing. And after that was the picture taking and seeing the ghost. And that's when I started asking more questions. That's when I found out about Poets Canyon above the place. Like that's yeah. when I started going. The history. Oh, what's here? What's, what's going on what's in this place? I started getting really creepy vibes from the whole place. Well, after that, have has if that incident had happened to me, you can't help but associate every time you go there with what could happen. Yeah. You can't just continue business as normal. It just, it just doesn't yeah. happen. You're That's not the way experiences work. It was... It, I, did, I didn't feel like I was in danger or yeah. anything. And also, I think I science, I like wrote it off as that's... There's some... It's fine. It was an old building, maybe a mini earthquake. I don't know. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I had to still work there for a while, so I was still kind of writing it off. Um... But thinking back on it, it still gives me the, the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, having been there, and it's old wooden floors. Old being, they're old, but it's very modernized now. But uh, thinking of bar stools, which are really heavy, heavy yeah. bar stools being moved across. It's like if, if something can move that, what else can it move? Mm-hmm. It's clearly trying to get a rise or something. It's just clearly... Um, uh, attention in, yeah. inducing. Maybe maybe playful, but I don't know. I don't it know. Was, I, I don't, I don't know. know. It was weird. It was, it was weird, weird enough that I that's I think that's kind of been my attitude. Like, well, I'm not gonna write it off. I'm not gonna say that it was a ghost, but I'm kind of like, meh, meh. you know, exactly. like my voice goes up a little. Like, okay, that's a... <laughs> I just didn't want that to happen again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when we visited the mm-hmm. cats in person and tried to kind of get a feel for the place, I wanted to see the place that we were going to make this whole episode about. Um, and Martha and I went in one, I think it was a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. We ate some food and we talked to some people and the, uh, waitress that we had at our table, her name is, is escaping me now. So apologies for that. But she mentioned us, you know, we said, we're going to do a podcast episode on that. And it was kind of like, okay. And then mm-hmm. I don't know if she knew what a podcast, I don't know, but there was, we said, we've heard, do you know about the history of the place? We gave her like a quick little 10 yeah. second rundown and then said has have has anything ever happened to you at the location and she said oh yeah like yeah. like it was old like someone it's like almost like well obviously it was an obvious she pointed to the i remember her pointing to the lower section that like smokehouse section where you go down the stairs to the right she did she like pointed down there she's like yeah stuff happens down there all the time and i remember when i'd closed down i didn't like shutting those lights off that's it's oh, just a little thing right. that's like i don't want to go down there and shut there's I, there's like a little breaker i had to go to and it's just like okay but, but we gotta run down there real quick shut those off so there's definitely i think we all had a weird vibe about that section and when you look out the layout of the place i think that might be like the oldest section well it looks like it's an afterthought so it's almost like if that it's was the addition. original yeah. section then everything else was built off of it yeah but when you enter it's to the right it's like one part. I guess our kitchen is divided in two. It's it's a weird setup. It's a weird setup. It's accommodating for the odd space that they're in. Um, but she had mentioned that things happen there. They see. She always sees like in her peripheral vision a man or some kind of a figure, which she associated with a man standing 
in that area and when no one is there. But she specifically mentioned an incident that had happened in the manager's office upstairs on the second floor where she was sitting down with a colleague and her colleague made a face of just shock. And she said, what? And she's like, your hair. She has long, she had long dark hair. Mm -hmm. Just kind of went up and down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Almost like someone had run their finger or like lifted her hair up. Which would be the same area where those two faces in the window Yeah, so are. it's the same area where there's that balcony that overlooks the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's the no balcony. It's just an awning. It's, it's above the awning. I always think it's a balcony, but it's yeah. not. It's really just an windows next to above the entrance, on the second floor windows, above the entrance of the cat's roadhouse. Yeah. Um, and I know there are other employees who had seen things. There was some kitchen staff who had said they'd seen someone who had recently, who worked there, recently who had recently passed, passed away, which is sad. Yeah. But he had been, they had seen him. I think that might have been more of just the trauma of having lost this guy who was such part of the family. Yeah. Um, it kind of haunted people. That's when I started working there. And we don't have to get into that. But yeah. There's, there's definitely, everyone had their like, oh, yeah, 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 I've seen something. Yeah. It seems like it was a very, like a not a odd thing to be asking those people every mm-hmm. time we brought it up. And if the cats does want to contact us, please feel free reached out a few, I'd say about a month and a half ago now, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, feel free to. We are happy to make this an ongoing conversation because it really has been the catalyst that yeah. is the whole reason this podcast Cat-talist. exists. Catalyst. And yeah, any, for cir- anybody circle. who's gone there and yeah. has any stories or weird vibes that they've had while there, things mm-hmm. they've seen, because there are some people who've been going there for decades, I mean, a long time. So we'd love to hear from you. So our number is going to be in the uh, the show notes yeah. as well. Yes, and on our website, uh, all of that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, we'd like to close out uh, every episode, at least longer episodes, with a bit of an art art corner. Art corner. We'll yeah. find, eventually we'll have like a little sound effect. Uh, yeah, we're working on the sound effects and the intro music, at outro music on all of that mm-hmm. stuff. But this week's art corner um, is about the presidential portrait. Mm-hmm. Or presidential family portraits, I should say, of Barack and Michelle Obama, which yeah. were gorgeous mm-hmm. and very modern, very unlike any other presidential portraits ever done. Yeah, he definitely took a different stance, which is which is great. Beautiful. He was, he was bringing the legacy of being the first African American yes couple in the White House, and um, it was uh, Kehinde Wiley. Wiley, uh huh, and Amy Sherald's. And I knew his work. Did Sherald's. you know them before? I knew his no. work before. I didn't know her yeah. as much. No, I had. I didn't know either artist. So Kehinde, I've seen his work before. When I worked at the Minneapolis Institute of Arts, he had he has a piece there, and his work is always huge and mm-hmm. just so imposing. Bright. Kind of a, yeah, the colors he really uses bright colors, and it's usually an um, African American men boy younger men and boys in these classical poses before a lot of times it's greenery that's very symbolic yeah um but they're using he's using a lot of stuff from classical portraiture of european figures and kind of talking about race and colonialism by putting black figures in there yeah and so when when i heard that he was doing the portrait I'm, it sounds like I'm giving myself too much credit, but this is kind of what I thought, exactly what, he, oh, oh, what we got. Oh, okay, so you knew about it beforehand, not when it was uh, unveiled. Yeah, You knew yeah. that he was, Candy was doing. Yep, I'd cool. heard, and I recognized him, and I figured it, like, he wasn't going to be able to put, like, Obama in a King George crown with a scepter on a horse like he does with some of the no. other figures. Obviously, it's going to have to be 
a little bit more toned down, but I think even just putting him in front of the greenery was too much for some people. And I don't understand why the in front of nature, in Mm -hmm. front of a beautiful, lush, almost like ivory background, Mm -hmm. I don't, I really, I don't understand the controversialness around this ride. I mean, to be honest, it's people who will say anything negative about Obama is how I'm taking a lot of it. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but you know, we filter out those, those opinions are just like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Alex okay. Jones what went construct- on a super oh, crazy, God. did you hear about his rant? No, but I could only assume that it's anything. It's probably it, even worse than can you make can things imagine. Up. Make he things said, up, I'm sure. He said the portrait had subliminal sperms all over it. I think, honestly, <laughs> I, you know what? Part of me is just like, you and seem- what, and what's, you know what? Subliminal Projection? sperm are like less offensive than Alex Jones' political opinion oh, on yeah, anything. Yeah. I just love, like, there's so much projection sometimes in those yeah, conspiracy theories. Like, like, really, dude? So, so <laughs> what you, are you seeing? You see dicks everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Now, that makes me wonder, why Why do you see dicks everywhere? Yeah, the, his Rorschach test would be really funny. Yeah. So, um... But back to the But the merits. portraitures were amazing. They're just gorgeous. And I'm so happy to see both of Michelle and Brock's personalities really brought to life it's just mm-hmm. such bold graphics such bold colors and mm-hmm. um you know the the lines on michelle's portrait by amy sherald was just gorgeous i think it did such justice to um a, a beautiful woman that has had style throughout like her yeah yeah throughout the presidential there's there people didn't like that one as much because they said it didn't look like her and I disagree. I think it obviously is Michelle. Yes. I think it features her arms prominently, which She's is such great a Michelle. She's <laughs> arms. Yeah. Um, and her portraits, if you look at uh, some of her other work, is uh, she uses gray tones for the skin tones. I mm-hmm. think that threw a lot of people off. But mm-hmm. all of her portraits have a very um, static feel to them. Mm-hmm. They're very... Uh, they feel more... I don't know how to put it. Like objects. Like solid objects instead of yeah. like a... F- like, they're not very kinetic. Like in a vacuum. Like yeah. a very static image. Yep. Yeah. And then she uses pattern in their clothing and kind of some, in, in their mannerisms with how they're standing to, to represent different things is how I've always taken it. So this uh, this Michelle port- portrait, the dress is like sculptural almost. Yeah, it is. It feels in some ways three-dimensional and some two-dimensional. Like, it, it just kind of oh, takes over. And it has some African patterns I kind of feel to it. Like, there's some reference to to heritage there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm reading into it. I don't know. But I, I just... I, I love the pose of yeah. it, too. There have been some criticisms I've seen from people even that I know about, like, the the um, proportions on on her and her face and how it doesn't look like her. And I don't think... That's the point. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's not a photographic realness. I think it's just uh, capturing the energy and capturing the grace, the the grace and the stu- and and the statuesqueness. Yeah, the that's a good figure. Word. The it's she's just such a a figure, a classical figure. Mm-hmm. You know, um, throughout her and Barack's president mm-hmm. being in office and her. A term, two terms as a first lady. I think it's just like she proved herself to be a graceful and strong figure. Yeah. And I think the portrait ab- absolutely projects yeah. that. And there was just uh, an article about a little girl who went 
uh, family took their little girl to see the portrait and she's and she this little little african-american girl just so in awe and says she's a queen and i want to be a queen like her it's like oh that's God, the yeah. importance of having that representation <gasps> i'm just looking at that now that article it's um, adorable. this little girl is has more style than i will ever have yeah, in my she... life <laughs> are you kidding the fact that little girls like this exist oh my god just <laughs> i mean wow beautiful uh i love that we should i mean there's nothing like being in that uh, that that um innocent era of like when you're first seeing things for the first time mm-hmm. for to be not only just like ooh that's pretty but like captivated and you know yeah. awestruck and well, and see somebody as like I want to be like mm-hmm. that and it's, we can't that's so under important. we can't undercut at all the importance of representation in race yeah. because of choosing two African American yeah. painters for the first time exactly. and how important that is. When depicting the for first... Cho- for the kids, like, if whatever your political views, Black Panther is a ph- phenomenon right now. Yeah. Well, the, when this came out, because they're, they're children who are getting to see themselves represented as for the, the, first the, time. For the first time, the entire cast, besides yeah. two white people that didn't, frankly, need to be in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I mean, Finally. I mean, to see these beautiful, strong, beautiful black women and, and, and exactly. to see their African culture. And I mean, we're two white women <laughs> talking exactly. about this, but it's, it's powerful it's and I'm happy. To see it, and of course there's a backlash because white America has a lot of problems, but I'm... Of course. I I couldn't be happier that these are going to be in the... Or this is going to be in the National Portrait Gallery. And maybe can change some some norms. I mean, the symbolism... I love symbolism in painting. I love reading about it because I'm a nerd. I think you're the same. Yeah. But it's been stiff for a while. Like, oh, he wore... He's wearing a red cufflink because he's blah blah you know that rising power no it's everything about this should break the mold that is existed before as what these things should be yeah absolutely and if these portraits couldn't be more attuned to what that presidency the two terms were about and the unfortunate fallback that we're in now i think it's just we need to bring back that love and that remembering of the good times and like changing things up should be a good thing Mm -hmm. And encouraging people to strive and have and have what role models should be. It should be powerful, pa- passionate, and positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm glad we got to talk about this on our talk. Yep. The very first. I think that's a good first one because it's yeah. relevant. It is absolutely today. relevant. So I think we're going to make our next episode about Santa Cruz, the city of Santa Cruz, and get into some historical places around that and just places that we're interested in general so please stay tuned for next week's episode sounds good yeah bye guys bye